Hello, everybody, and welcome to What Do You Say Anime? I'm your host, Peter. On today's episode, we are reviewing the spooky horror Halloween episode of Mononoke. Joining me today, first, Kat. Kat, how's it going today? Well, first, I'm just going to say that today I don't have a shitty shitty introduction. Today... Uh, we are literally one day away from election day. So if you have not voted, get off your ass and vote. We need to get this shit done. We can't have this goddamn piece of shit in office anymore. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> other than that, uh, this is my outfit. This is my fucking... <laughs> this is my costume because I never went to university. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks, Kat. Uh, joining us as always, actually not as always, but for like his third time, is Johnny. Johnny, how's it going? Uh, hello, everyone. Um, hope you all had a good Halloween and stuff. And yeah, tomorrow is uh, it's going to be rough for you guys. <laughs> Johnny's Canadian. Uh, so I wish you all the best of luck. He's laughing from up top. Uh, joining us for his return is Happy. Happy, how's it going today? I'm doing pretty well. Good to hear. And... Has has his back. Has how's it going? Que lo que mi hombre just made a trip to Canasi. You know the bars. We got the Thames out. We ready for war out here. You know, I mean that pop smoke album go crazy. Can't say pop forget the smoke. Let me put these shits on right now, actually. And if you are if you are watching on a non visual source, we are on YouTube. So if you're listening on Spotify or iTunes, check us out on YouTube. It's just what do you say anime? Uh, joining us as always is our first moderator and our plague doctor, Miles. Miles, how's it going? Uh, it's going good. Um, I'm going to take this off so I sound okay later, but I just want to say that my costumes are a lot more appropriate than Justin Trudeau's. So, wow. You know, gotta okay. <laughs> good shot um, at the Canadian. Oh, oh boy. That's a. Uh... He's spent, to be honest. <laughs> and leading our conversation in our second moderator is Bojack Horseman himself, Pat. Pat, how's it going? Hello, hello everyone. Yeah, hello. As, as we uh, say, and I will be taking this <laughs> this off as well, so that I can actually breathe. I've been holding my breath for about two minutes now. This is rough, but uh, but yeah, I'm excited to talk about some spooky stuff, you know. And uh, yeah, like what Cat said, go vote, please, please vote. Uh, exercise your rights as a as a citizen. And uh, thank you very much. But yeah, so one moment. Let Pack correct himself real quick. Yes, I I am back. Um, who was that guy? He was just here. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so uh, we are talking about the 2007 show Mononoke today for our special Halloween episode. By the way, we didn't even mention that to start. It's our spooky. Well, did, we, we I all did spooky mention nominees. that? Did I not? Did you? I'm pretty sure I did. Oh <laughs> uh, well, either way, it's a, it's a spooky. Okay, sorry. Well, it's spooky. Spooky shows were nominated or Halloween themed shows, and we somehow stumbled on this thing from 2007. And um, it, it, don't take thing incorrectly but uh as we uh as we always do we'll start off with our first impressions and we'll go around talk to everyone and this is spoiler free so keep that in mind 
first few impressions of the first few episodes so i guess we can just say since it's an arc based show the first arc you know whether you recommend the show to other people and so on what you thought about the art style what you knew going in uh but yeah why don't we just start at the top of my on top of my list so we'll start with miles miles what, what do you think yeah so um you know going into this uh, i nominated the show but i had never heard of it before um i don't really know what to expect the art style looked cool the premise seemed cool um, and man, this show was an absolute trip. Um, I loved it. I thought the art style was great. The first arc had me hooked. Um, we're going to go with like a little hot take. I like to say that Bunny Girl Senpai is smooth brain Bakamonogatari. Well, Bakamonogatari is smooth brain Mononoke. <laughs> and <laughs> that's that's my take. Uh, yeah, so would you, rec- you would recommend oh, the show? Oh, absolutely. Please watch this show. It's amazing. Uh- all right, perfect. Uh, next up on our list is uh, Kat. What have you got to say? So Mononoke is one of those shows that uh, that really you just kind of stumble upon and you don't think there's going to be a lot coming from it when you see it, but you know it's going to be weird. And then when you watch it, you're just blown away by it. Like that's That's how I felt about the show. I started watching it and I was expecting some kind of like I was I was expecting something like uh, maybe kind of okay, like something I'd kind of like. But this was this was kind of like how you know how Made in Abyss has a lot of the like moving uh, animations where it looks like it's a painting. This whole show is a painting. It is amazing. The art style is just out of this world, but the story itself is insane and it's just it's so fun to watch uh but yeah uh, i definitely recommend the show all right sweet so good two recommendations so far happy what have you got to say so i had heard the name of this show before but i had never watched it so when i started watching it i was immediately taken with the art style first of all and then all the different stories and all the different eponymous Mononoke. And it was always, always interesting and engaging. So would I recommend it? Yeah, if you're interested. Fair enough. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I agree. It was very engaging pretty much throughout the throughout the story. I, I don't think that there really was like a terrible story or, or arc in this show. Uh, Has, what have you got? Um, this show is amazing. I, I, I the first two episodes. If, if Sao has the best first episode, this has the best first two episodes in anime, and I'll, I'll, that's a hill I'm willing to die on. I, I, I think the the first arc or the first episode um is a great segue into the second episode, and I think it just builds up the tension. And and the first episode, you may not find it particularly on its own to be that interesting i think there's still a lot there that's a very interesting um but as soon as the second episode hits holy shit the animation is turned up to 10 the sim- symbolism is turned up to 10 if you liked bakemonogatari but you aren't a fan of sort of like me the whole having to kind of figure out a different language in the wordplay and where the cleverness comes in this this trades word play for just symbol symbolism and it's much more universal. So I highly recommend it. Um, and, and this praise is not going to go down for the rest of the anime watch club either. 
Yeah, so anime doesn't suck anymore. That's good to know. That, that has anime still been... sucks. Shut up, shut up. This Mononoke oh. doesn't suck. Sorry, okay, my bad. <laughs> I, 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 I tried, guys. I really did. We almost got him. Uh, we almost got him. But uh, Johnny, you're next on my list. So what have you got to say? Uh, <clears throat> see, this is going to be rough after everyone was saying all this good shit about the show. But uh, yikes. Well, well, okay, first of all, like I just want to say the art style is very unique. It's like... I've never seen anything like it. It's like traditional Japanese art style. That's that's what I got from the show. Mm-hmm. But and unfortunately, it's just not the type of show I was into. Like, I still enjoyed it. I like to say it's just probably not as much as you guys. And uh, like with all the people calling it, like referring it to like Baki Monogatari, that wasn't a show I enjoyed very much. So I don't know, it's just not the type of show for me, but I can definitely see the appeal, the art style, the animation, the character design, I thought they were... Well, it takes a bit to get used to, but like after the first few episodes, you got used to the art style and it started like looking pretty well, so... In terms of if I would recommend this or not, I would have to say no, unfortunately, because it's not the type of show I enjoy, but... I mean, it's anime, anyone can watch what they want, so... What does my opinion matter? <laughs> Your opinion matters a lot, Johnny. It's okay. You're our resident 12-year-old. You know, it, it oh, really does matter. That... <laughs> it, you, you know, you represent a part of the community. You know, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Are you doing uh, more? Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah, Pete. Well, uh, round us off because I don't think I'm going to have much unique stuff to say. So uh, let's hear your, your take. Uh, really interesting that I'm watching two shows that have done this in the last, like, month. Where I watch it, I went, holy shit, these animations are amazing. Who? What's the studio? Is this Shaft? Is this Madhouse? And I go look it up, it's Toei. I'm like, Toei? And that's what's happening currently this season with Akudama Drive and Studio Perot. I'm like, uh, this studio is doing an amazing job. Blown away by the animations. I thought it was one of the best like directed art style I've ever seen in anime. It, it, it took my breath away, like how great it was. Especially episode two when... Uh, things start like going batshit crazy it took it for like a you took like the aesthetic of the traditional like japanese period i don't know what well uh, like the historical period that it uses uh do you want me to it's probably like edo or something like it's 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 the edo and edo, era. yeah so it's the always the edo, it's always the edo um yeah just blown away and then i was like okay well this has listed as like psychological supernatural horror when are we going to start seeing that? Because we kind of see it episode one with like the psychological, but not really the horror and the more like thriller stuff. And then episode two hits and you're like, yeah, okay, this is going to be a ride. Uh, highly recommend this show. It was, it was incredible. I love this show. Oh yeah. Fair enough. Uh, so you, again, you would recommend it then? I'm assuming 100%, 100%, 100%. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, so yeah, I, I'd say I'm somewhere in the middle because I'm not quite where, with Johnny where I wouldn't recommend this show. I still I would I would absolutely recommend this show. I think most of my points have already been said where uh, the art, as we've talked about uh, so much already, the art is very unique. It's nothing it is nothing like I've ever seen before in anime. And it I didn't love it as much as everyone else did, but I did enjoy that it was different. And I and I think that it was good for the vessel or it was a good vessel for the story that they were trying to tell. Um, the There were certain parts of it in particular that kind of bothered me a lot. And we'll, we'll talk, I'm sure we'll talk about that later when we talk about animation specifically, what we liked and didn't like. But, um, but just in general, I think my 
my main point of my recommendation at least is or first impression is that i if you want to know if you want to be recommended this show or not it's it's almost like what Sarah's on my is to like a comedy um slice of life uh, th this is to horror in my eyes where it's like it's goofy it's different and it's it's bizarre but it's it's all it's all direct it's all meant that way by the director and it's like it, it's it's meant to be part of the story in uh in that way i don't know if that makes sense i don't know if anyone else has really seen sarah's on my i know it has you started watching it a few weeks ago i don't know if you ever finished it but um but that that's what it was to me where it's just this batshit crazy stuff is happening that wouldn't make sense and that if you told tried to tell someone about the story they'd be like wait like what like how does it how how is this cool? But then when you're actually watching, you're like, this is so such good symbolism. This is really good storytelling. This is, uh, I don't know. Again, that 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 was my take on it. But I, I, if you like horror, I would definitely recommend it. Uh, and psychological stuff. Uh, the Bakemonogatari example or comparison, I think, is really well done or a really good point as well. Even though I didn't like Bakemonogatari as much as other people did too, I, I, I still do think that that's a really good uh, comparison. So, uh, but yeah, so this this story, I think uh, we're, we're we're pretty much all set uh, to move on to the, our main discussion points. The story has five major arcs, uh, right? There's the or five stories that the the main character, gosh, what's his name? It's something really goofy, hard to say. The Here, medicine seller. He yes, has well, a name. he has a name. Uh, Does he? Okay. The medicine seller who is Kusuriu Ryu. Kusuriu. That, that, that's actually really good because I was I was all saying it and I was all slaughtered. When did they mention it? I don't remember. So I, the, so where they mentioned it was not in this uh was not in this series. It was actually in the prequel uh Ayakashi Japanese classic horror. Yes, oh, which okay. is another series that of course yeah it. it you don't. You definitely don't need to watch it to understand what's going on or to to get the story points. Thankfully, because otherwise we would have all been very lost. I think because I don't think any of us have seen Ayakashi, but um, yeah, he is a character from it. Um, but yeah, so that's a, that's the main character's name. But we will refer to him as Medicine Seller. I think that's the best way to do it going forward, so that we don't stumble on our words like I just did. Um, but yeah, so there are five major stories. There's uh. There's the the first one, which is about the woman and the pregnant woman in the hotel. There's the second one, which is the the ship at sea, uh, and then uh, God, what the middle two? I can't, there's still... a woman who is it. We meet her in prison, um, and then there is the uh, suitors trying to marry a, a Japanese princess, and the last one, uh, which the I train. thought was super cool, is like a 1920s. Like, like it's like stuck in a subway, basically. Right. Um. So those were the 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 five ones. Um. And uh, I figured we can just we'll, we'll at least start with the first arc and like how it begins, and then I think we might just move on to the different ones there and like what people liked about them if they didn't like something. Um, yeah, I was gonna say like yeah, start with the first one and. Then... Uh, even then, like, wh which ones were your favorites? Which ones do you think were done really well? Which ones were done poorly? I mean, th there's a lot of room uh, to be talked about because, again, these are three. They, they have the same main character, which is the medicine seller, but no other characters uh, are really um, called back to throughout the rest of the, the other four stories. Uh, so they are they are almost like their own little mini series or, or arcs. Um, this uh, is the so, yeah. spoiler zone now. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, yes. Spoilers going forward. I should have done that after recommendations. It's my fault. But yeah. So spoilers going forward. Um, but yeah. So who wants to start? Does anyone have any uh, any glaring moment that stands out to them in the first uh, the first arc or first story that they wanted to highlight? Yeah, Kat, go ahead. So in the first in the first arc, that was the pregnant woman, correct? Yeah, right. and. Okay, um, so the main thing that I thought that was really, really interesting to me was the whole uh, nearer to the end of the arc where it had basically that uh, that miscarriage scare. That was, I was not expecting that. And like that actually got me to really get invested in the story and into what's going on in this arc. And then uh, after it got to the second arc, it just kind of it it kind of got me in that mood for okay, this is basically uh, monogatari, but we're going for instead of hey, there's a teenager doing this, there is actual. It feels like there's actual stakes, and these people aren't just trying to bone the main character. Yeah, I really agree with that take, Cat. Like, I I thought it was sort of. Like, if you really liked Monogatari and you sort of wish they had cut down on the waifu stuff, um, which, I, I mean, I don't know, maybe I was the only person in the entire world who watched Monogatari and thought yeah. that, uh, but I did, uh, then this show is absolutely for you. Um, I agree, the end of that arc, uh, where she sort of sides with the Mononoke, um, and then just immediately starts having a miscarriage, and it just goes into this super trippy, like sort of fever dream that she's having um like really i thought it was jarring because it's the first time you see anything like that in the show in the first episode i think they intentionally keep it kind of calm and then very quickly sort of descend into madness in the second one um and i i loved that how it just it goes off the rails so quickly and you you're definitely wondering what's up and you find out real quick um <laughs> that there's a lot going on. Um, so, I mean, I really loved the first arc, and I th think it sets the tone of the show super, super, super well. Yeah, I, I agree with the uh, the tone setting uh, aspect of it, for sure, because it, uh, I don't know, the first episode, I was not that enthralled by, like uh, has said in his introduction, though, I think that the connection between those two episodes was really well done, where you are... You're you're still curious, even if, though I was kind of bored after the first episode. I I was still curious to see what the solution was or what was going on, what um all all the supernatural things that were being hinted at, and uh I I was annoyed though by how open ended the arc ended up being the first arc that is because I feel like I feel like it you know because like ambiguous endings are something that happen in anime all the time and most of the time they're intentional and Oh, and in storytelling in general, they're they're intentional, but they and they can be done well. I don't hate all of them, but I usually prefer to have an answer. If you guys have heard me rant about stuff like this before, um, and I feel like they kind of gave an answer before that after credit scene. I feel like it was like heavily implied, right, that she had sided with the Mononoke and was most likely either going to give birth to a Mononoke or was at least. Um, 
coming to terms with that, right? Versus this, oh, versus this open-ended. I feel like the 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 after credit scene, which shows her like, um, you know, feeling up the wall painting or whatever, and talking to herself. Um, I I felt like if anything that made it more neutral or more towards like, oh well, she actually could be having a real baby rather than the Mononoke. And I I didn't like that. I wanted to have like a Maybe not a clear cut. Oh, she had the Mononoke, but I wanted to have maybe just more of a clear answer rather than this ambiguous. Who knows what happened that that we kind of ended up with? I don't know. Maybe that, but that, of course, that could just be my interpretation. I don't know how you guys felt. Did did you think that it was clear that she was having a Mononoke or or what? So I thought the after credit scene opened up that possibility because she she has that talk about how she can only have her kid and she apologizes to all the unborn children and stuff um, after the miscarriage scene and then the medicine seller does his like I don't know sword kamehameha thing and um, you know it saves the day and it, it appears that the miscarriage never happened um, but in the after credit scene at least it was my interpretation that she you know, it was talking to, you know, like a, a, a picture of an unborn child in this room um, where all of these abortions took place in the whorehouse and um, that she might have thought she was having a Mononoke or it was trying to make it clear that that was still a possibility. That was at least my interpretation of it. I got uh, something similar brothel, to that as well. Brothel, by the way. We don't call them whorehouse. The show called it a whorehouse. I, I know. Okay. I'm, well, <laughs> in my, yeah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Go ahead. It's Go ahead, probably Pete. not correct. The correct name is Love Hotel. <laughs> if it's, no, a, if it's anime, yeah. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Pete. Uh, I, the, I just really love the change of pace from episode one to episode two. I, I, I love it when shows do that, where it sets the scene of what... What I thought episode two was going to be after watching episode one was completely different. It caught me off guard. I loved it. Um, it wasn't my favorite arc of it, but I thought it did a really good job at setting the tone of what the rest of the show was going to be. And not saying it was a bad arc. It was really good. It was just, I, I just, I just loved how it set up, set up the entire show. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. Uh, I felt like told you what kind of character as well uh the main the medicine doctor was he was a neutral he he wasn't uh there for the woman you know he wasn't there to defend her he was there to slay the mononoke or to to exercise it whatever you want to say he was um it's the same thing in the future stories which we'll get to like especially with the train one he wasn't there to try and prove someone innocent or whatever he was there to solve the mystery and to 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 help the Mononoke move on. And uh, I really liked that rather than him, be, which of course you could argue is bad because he's like this, like almost uh, all knowing or all, all too powerful kind of character. But I don't know. It's, it's not a battle shown and this show is not about fighting. It's about uh, figuring out the mystery, right? That, that is the Mononoke in each, in each arc. Uh, so yeah, what, uh, what, uh, Johnny, uh, I think is the last, do you have any thoughts on like, so you, you have a generally, uh, more neutral to negative view on it than the rest of us. So, um, I wouldn't, uh, uh, keep going. No. So I was going to ask if like any of the things that you had issues with, like, you know, what about the first arc exemplifies that? Like, did you know right away that this wasn't going to be for you and what in the first arc uh, made you think that? 
Well, I wouldn't say this came from the first arc, but it's just this from the series as a whole. And this is going to be one of my uh, problems with the show the entire time. It's just that I just couldn't find a way to like find myself like emotionally invested in any of the characters. I just it's kind of like if you see a random anime fight on YouTube and you're just there for the spectacle, like you don't care what happens to the characters. That's kind of me. And for me, that's an issue because like the way the show is like the way the show is like let's say formatted, it's like a bunch of mini stories. It's like they don't have they really don't have anything to do with each other. You can watch the arcs like in whatever order you want. You could probably still understand the story. So yeah, I just and then when that happens, I just lose interest in a show because i just don't care what happens to the characters it's just like hey this is happening and i'm just like and also like the horror elements that's not something i like not because i don't like getting scared it's just that horror isn't something for me i just don't care for it i don't know if you guys found it scary but that's just well like it's categorized as horror isn't it yeah oh let me talk about that because i was talking to miles and has before the episode and i haven't had a nightmare and i don't even know how long i had a nightmare last night after watching Mononoke. it was really weird and i was like okay this show is hitting me in a completely different way and it took me it caught me off guard a little bit yeah see that's the issue with me it's just like nothing really scares me like when i'm watching anime like even like watching promise neverland that didn't even like like the part the things that scare me is like what can happen to characters like so were you not disturbed by like the abortion scene where they were like hitting that woman with a rock because that like is stuck i know it's i know it's fucked up it's just that i just i've never like this character has just been introduced for like what 15 minutes so i just yeah I don't, I don't know, it's just I can't get invested right? into the character. It's like when they add a tragic backstory to a villain right before... Yeah, no, that's my, that's my yeah. point. It's like... I don't know, I can I can agree that the, the horror... I don't know, maybe that's just with anime, but it's with horror movies in general for me. It's more... I'm more there to just, like, see the horror and, and like, enjoy it. Not so much to, to feel afraid by it. Um, and it, it definitely was the case with this but show where... Like, like you said, Promise Neverland is a great example where the first episode, um, again, spoilers for Promise Neverland. I'm sorry if you haven't seen it yet. You episode should. one. Uh, episode, yeah, but it, it, that's part of the, the pull of the show is that first episode scare. Uh, but anyways, um, it, it when I saw the demons, I was just like, oh, shit, that's this, it's this kind of show. Like, that's cool. It wasn't. I'm afraid of these demons, you know, like that's, and that's where I think this show falls in, in that sort of horror category for me, where I was just like, whoa, this shit is fucking, this shit is trippy. Like I cannot believe the things that I am seeing. There's so many colors. There's so the, the rock scene, like you said, just hitting the woman. I was just like, this is effed up, but I'm enjoying it because it's like a spectacle. Like, like you were saying. So I think, um and again i don't think that just sticks with anime for me you know like i i love slasher films because they're it's like oh how are they going to do the practical effects like what what's it going to look like who's going to be best you know the uh last girl you know the surviving person you know like that kind of stuff um it's the virgin most of the time not (laughs) cabin in the woods though you never know she wasn't she had to work with what you got as they say in cabin in the woods yeah exactly the minority never lives it, it, yeah okay uh, 
<laughs> Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> you haven't seen Cabin right. in the Woods, yeah. Um, but yeah, exactly. Right. But that's our point. That's so that's a, that's my take on the horror. I, I assume most of you guys are in relatively the same boat. But like like you said, Pete, you were scared enough to have nightmares. Well, or well, you. I had a nightmare. nightmare yeah, was, the night you assumed the nightmare, a nightmare was based off. Oh, I mean, it was based off Mononoke. Like it was like oh shit. It was like wow, the okay. the spirit Japanese spirit type of looking person in my dream. Yeah, I was spooked. Good yeah, for you. I, I wasn't like afraid, but I thought a lot of scenes were disturbing. Very and, disturbing. Uh, yeah, I, I guess like uh, let's not, get not too much phases me on to the to the second arc then, uh, which is the it's called Sea Bishop, um, and um, that is the name of a uh, Japanese monster. But also there was a bishop on the boat at sea, so it's a little double entendre for you. Um, and so the. The general plot of this one was that uh, there were some, you know, various travelers on a boat, um, and they were uh, traveling across, um, I guess, like a sea or a bay or something in Japan from one island to another one. Um, and they were passing through uh, what I guess is the Japanese version of the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I think it was called like the Dragon's Triangle or something. The Dragon, yeah, it was, it was something uh, random like that. But it was just like, oh, well, let's draw this triangle between three random islands yes. and say it's a, yeah. And over the course of their um, journey, they there's a lot of different supernatural things that happen to them, but um, it is all sort of drawn to this like the presence of a one Mononoke that the medicine seller thinks is on the boat. Um, so, uh, what did you guys think of this arc compared to the first one? Did you like it more? Um, did you like, you know, um, how there was like a di couple of different, cause I think what made this one unique was that there were multiple different sort of supernatural forces at play here. Um, as opposed to the other ones where I think there was like a primary one. Um, I don't know, Kat, what did you think about the second one? I'm going to defer this to either Has or Happy. Okay. Uh, Happy, how about you real quick? Oh, we're happy one. Yeah, no, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm, I'm pushed <laughs> to talk and I was, and I had to get back to the app. So sorry about that. Um, So the second arc, I think I, I think my favorite part was the, the fish, the strumming fish, just the way he strums his fire or whatever. I'm not sure I really cared for the actual arc itself. Um, yeah. Yeah. Damn it. I need notes. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Um, Has, do you have any thoughts? Arc was really good. I think this arc, um, it starts off compared to the first two, which I, I think was very good for the first two. They didn't explain much of what was going on. It was very symbolic. In the beginning of episode three, in the start of the new arc, they start explaining certain tools like the balance scale that the medicine seller keeps. And, and they start explaining a few more things, which helps to keep uh, intrigue past that first arc. And I really like that. Uh, and I think just the twist of this arc is amazing. I think this arc was probably the least scary. I, I disagree that this show wasn't scary. I think uh, in the first arc, the third arc too. Um, I think the third arc. I could be lying. Um, but like certain arcs, there, there's moments where 
it clearly is leaning into the horror uh, and other arcs where it's kind of leaning into the sort of delivery of, of some uh, just like, I don't know how to explain it. The message, right? Like, for example, the, the, now I think about it, which, which arc was the uh, prison one and which one was the uh, game with the blocks? The prison the one was the third one. one. The what? The prison one was the third one. Oh, sorry, Miles. No worries. Um, it is the third and fourth, respectively. So the prison one is the third one, and then the incense game is the fourth. Yeah, so the incense game was the one that I thought was a little more scary, um, which was the fourth one. I thought that one leaned more into the horror. The incense one leaned into story um, and like what was being said. And I think the second arc also follows with leaning into the story um, and just having you engrossed in that not necessarily trying to say anything about any certain particular situation but man it was it was a great arc um and it's the characters in it uh compared to every other arc i think were probably the most lively uh like they were very unique the ending of this one the after credit scene compared to like the first one i thought was even more open-ended uh, i thought the first one was pretty conclusive to me at least uh as to what they were trying to say and it wasn't particularly too much space to um see what's going on but this one was like the the sword character was like i'm gonna fucking avenge you or something i don't know it's weird shit going on there but it was cool it was good weird shit the anime i think is a good way to describe yeah yeah right yeah Yeah. Uh, there's no no problem with that uh john you have anything to say about this arc well this I want to say this arc was my favorite out of all five. Because I, for once, I actually sort of gave a shit about the characters in it. Because that was, like, the issue for most of the other arcs. I just did not care what happened to them. They could die for what I care about. And yeah, oh. so, like, I think the setting was the most interesting. I think the Mononoke in it was pretty nice. The story, like, about the sister... It's anime, so of course there's a story about loving your sister, but you know, it's yeah. had to be one. But nah, I mean, they did it. They did it like pretty well, I'd say. Yeah, so, it, was, it was a nice twist. Yeah, so I think that and I don't know what everyone else thought about that, but what I kind of liked about it is they sort of back off the incest thing because, um. Like, he sort of uses that as an eternal excuse for himself for, like, what he did and his motivations and everything. But, like, as they show later, that he, he was, like, a lot more selfishly motivated. And he even talks about how he's not even sure if he was, like, in love with her. And he just sort of built that for himself. So I thought that the surprise there not being an incest romance um, was, like, pretty good for anime um (laughs) surprise it wasn't incest um so i don't know about what other people thought if that was like a main point i um i thought it was pretty cool because it's a very uh it's a very good contract it kind of helps exemplify just how much guilt was being held and why the mononoke was so powerful enough to fill up an entire sea because when you compare right what essentially the guilt was so bad that uh, that he essentially, spoiler alert, sent out his sister to die um, to avoid his responsibility. Uh, that he decided to make a story where he is uh, committing one of the biggest taboos in society. Uh, and he would rather that be the story 
than him just needlessly sending out his sister to die, um, which was really cool and exemplifying that. Um, but it, it, I. In terms of like the incest itself, I think it could have been any taboo, honestly. I, I just, I don't, I think they just picked incest. I don't think it had anything to do with like anime culture, to be honest. It, it didn't seem like it was delivered that way, but it might just be, you know, this show is seemingly very high class and very artistic. So I, I don't see the anime influence at all, even when it's right in front of my face. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right. Uh, I think that. Uh, yeah, no. So generally, people like this arc. Uh, I, Pete, have you talked about this one? Uh, no. Any... To be honest, I don't have a lot to say about this one. When we get to the okay. wood arc, though, I would love to talk about that one. Absolutely. I thought, I, I yeah. think, I think this one was just, it was good. I think there's some spots where I was a little confused, and I think I, it was still really good. It was probably my least favorite of the arcs, but it was still like really good too. I was about to say this was my least favorite arc as well from the out of the five. The uh, yeah. I to be well to be honest with you, I liked the first arc a lot, and I really loved the final arc. Which of course we we are not even close to talking about that one yet. But those those two are the ones that stood out to me in the show. They're the other three I wasn't as hot on as it, I'm sure it sounds like has was or most of you guys were. But if you're if you guys are ready, we can move on to the third one. Uh, 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 wasn't. Oh, yeah, sorry. Kat, so. Go ahead. I just wanted to let uh, Haz and Happy speak, but mm-hmm. uh, so I I generally like this art. I generally like this art. It was uh, it was a lot more in, in a way story based rather than uh, horror based in my opinion because it was just a lot more uh, straightforward in a way in, in a roundabout way. Uh, but the story was straightforward let's put it that way uh it was presented straight in a straightforward way uh but that's not necessarily what i what i really wanted to talk about because i meant to add this into my first impressions but uh i want to say that some people may find this show to be nauseating because of its very very interesting art style it's not exactly uh the way that the colors move, especially if you're watching it on low quality, which, you know, bad internet, I have to, uh, it can be very, very uh, sickening. Not in a not in a quality type of way, but in a, the colors move in a certain way that make your brain go into vertigo and just make your stomach start getting very uh, nauseous. Yeah, so... I I guess we can kind of just take a break from the if we want to take a break from the arc stuff and then maybe maybe talk move into that animation and art discussion because that was my main gripe with the show's animation was the motion blur or the and it happened in every arc so this this outlines everything again I, I liked the color palettes that were being used it was very bright and flashy a lot of oranges and yellows right but it there were these moments where there was just motion blur almost. And I, I, I don't know if that's the best way to describe it um, or not, but like Kat said, it was like ver- having vertigo. It was nauseating. And to me that I did not like that directorial decision to use stuff like that in the animation. Cause otherwise I really liked it and I get it. Uh, most of their animations and most of the scenes were, um, meant to be more like still pictures or or less movement right which is why they used 
that motion blur, I'm guessing, to to make it seem like it's more moving or, or things are moving around. Um, but I really didn't like it. it. It like I had to like kind of like defocus my eyes or just look away when that stuff was going on because it was making me sick. Uh, what, what have you got to say, Johnny? Uh, yeah, this is kind of interesting since I actually do have motion sickness. So like I struggle when I get on roller coasters and things like that, and I didn't notice it, which is really which is pretty surprising because like like if I use my phone or try to read on in a car, I get I get sick, I get nauseous. So I don't know. That's maybe it's something weird about that. I just want to say. I, well, yeah, I, I wouldn't say I got like motion sick, but I definitely was getting my eyes were kind of messing with me, and I was just like, oh, I don't like this, like, I, or this is unpleasant to look at, which is why I would like look away. Um, I don't know. Did anyone else notice? Or, or well, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming most people at least saw the the blur effect at yeah. least, right? Like, go, go ahead, Miles. So I guess um, I'll talk, and then I think has has something to say about the blur as well. But I I I liked it. it I agree with you. It made me feel kind of nauseous, um, or it, it, it's like disconcerting in a way. Um, but I think that. Uh, much in the same way that uh, the monsters in Made in Abyss are sort of blurred and move at like a different frame rate than the rest of the show. I think that it was used as a way to like make you feel uncomfortable when there was supernatural stuff happening to sort of show the like etherealness of whatever was happening um, and to sort of make you feel uncomfortable in the setting. Um, and it, it definitely did that, and it, it, it's not pleasant uh, by any means, the movement, or at least it wasn't to me. Like, some of it was really pleasant, like how the snowflakes would move sideways. Like, I loved that. It was charming. Yeah. Um, the umbrellas in episode one. Um, but a lot of that motion blur, um, I, I think, helped add to my, like, the general discomfort that I would have with some of like the scary creepy scenes like it, it just made sure that you were never off your edge at least in my opinion um and i really liked that as disconcerting as it was um has yeah so kind of what you mentioned there at the end is is what i particularly liked about it i noticed it but i noticed how it was used there's a lot of hard cuts in this show as well especially in the first arc um things that made me just as confused and maybe like uh, disoriented as like you felt with the motion blur and i think a lot of the point of it was that they kind of set you up for you know you felt this pace that was going with the way that it was edited and then it would switch um the one thing that comes to mind immediately was the first time the uh room that the lady was sent into transforms into the abortion clinic uh without any warning it just kind of snaps and it happens um and then the medicine seller in uh like later on when they go and they kind of do that hard cut between both parallel worlds i guess would be the right uh i don't know what the right word would be for that but between those two scenarios and they, and they keep cutting between it and then um they kind of cut the music there there isn't much music in uh, the first arc i believe um but when the medicine seller ends up in this uh abortion room and he's sort of standing in the middle of it or not in this abortion room, he's back into the main room, and uh, they're trapped there, everyone. Um, as the Mononoke kind of creeps in, then, like, the doors all open, and, and he starts sliding through them. Uh, and I thought, like, since I was so used to the hard cuts, when that happened, it kind of hit a lot harder. 
And it was way more cool and intense than if it just happened. Um, but then when they start, and then it kind of made me on edge. And I was like, I was ready for more intense action. And then it went right back to just hard cut, hard cut, hard cut. And I really liked that. I thought it added to the horror a lot. Um, in terms of other arcs that might have used it, I, I don't think it works as well. I think it works more when they're leaning into the horror, like in episode one, four, or not an episode, in arc one, four, and five. Uh, but in two and three, I can understand how something like that probably seems off-putting, uh, especially because they weren't particularly focused on trying to keep you on edge, in my opinion. And Kat, your thoughts on uh, the art style, uh, the motion blur, any of that sort of like artistic visual stuff? So my my take on the art style was it was very reminiscent of a like a like a very traditional Japanese art piece. It was very kind of uh, fantastical. Uh, it was honestly, when you look at it and you pause because I had to pause because, you know, bad internet. Uh, when you pause it, it looks like a painting. It looks like the paintings are moving and it's very, it's very nice to see. But at the same time, it looks like it, it looks like something has been possessed. Uh, just the art style in and of itself. Not even talking about the motion blur. Uh, the motion blur, though, it also adds a another dimension of uh, of uncomfortability. It's just very. It, it it puts you on edge, like uh, like has said, uh, and it it doesn't really let you get away from that. Uh, but another thing that I really want to point out is the whole, the differences in how different characters are drawn. So like Genke or Sogen. So those were the two guys in the fish arc. Uh, I don't remember the the exact name of it, but it's the third the third arc i think uh uh the the one where the fish is in there oh Uh, the second one yeah uh so genke was the priest and sogen was his kind of like underling type thing uh genke is drawn very he's drawn like a fat dude uh (laughs) just uh, just putting that there but he's also drawn in a way that all the other characters in that arc aren't. And it's very like, cause even Sogen is, cause they're supposed to be monks. Even Sogen looks like a monk, but Genke does not. Uh, and in the first arc, you've got Tokiji, uh, who is there to abort, uh, who's there to help, uh, help the, the woman abort their children so they can keep on working. He looks, he and the person who runs the thing uh, look much more uh, noticeably ugly than uh, the medicine seller and Shino, which was the the mother. Uh, Just the man in the fox mask, that was another thing. And just going on, there's always something that looks different there's something that looks off and it keeps that kind of like differing art style that makes 
the whole story kind of seemed a little bit more intriguing, but also make it a little bit more unsettling. Because even with uh, even with like Made in Abyss, the if it's if the main baddie is there, like they're normally drawn in the same type of art style, unless they're in the background. Yeah. Okay. I, I definitely agree with that. I think that that was like very, like the styles that people were drawn in is like really important, and how you highlighted that, I thought that was all really insightful, Cat. Um, so. Uh, there's honestly a lot we could probably say about the art, but unfortunately, you know, time does exist, unlike in Mononoke, where it's sort of questionable yeah. if it does. Um, so uh, we're going to continue on to the third arc, and I think Pete's kicking us off. Yeah. Um, so this so... was this was maybe my favorite arc. I'm still debating between this one and the next one. I thought these two were fantastic, similar to like how, um, just like how they switch up the themes, and I really like the theme of this one where. Instead of, like, people, like, actually were murdered, they actually weren't murdered. And it was the the wife of, like, a of, uh, a widow of, like, a former, I don't know what he was, who's now married off to a new family. And her struggles with, her, her Mononoke is that she's the Mononoke. And it's also, I believe we kind of have, like, a resemblance of the medicine seller as the man in the mask in this one. It's kind of like a... It had like two personal arcs at once. I felt like I really like how this arc was concluded, where it kind of had like a happy ending, and I really liked that theme of switching up the horror from people getting killed or the thoughts of people getting killed to this woman coming to peace with herself and the situation she's in, and essentially not having to kill people to change her life. She can just move on. And I really, really like that theme of this entire arc. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Um, a thing that I liked with it in contrast to the second one was we saw a man whose darkness had manifested into this very powerful Mononoke um, in the second arc. Um, and in this one, we don't see like the exact prevention of a formation of a Mononoke, but we we see the medicine seller help someone um, and, you know, deal with their, I guess, like, inner demon symbolically before any of the negative consequences happen. And um, it starts off in, like, what the future would be had she gone through with these sort of things. And I thought that was really neat about that. Um, uh, uh, Pat, <laughs> do you have did you, any thoughts on the third one? Um, Again, I, I didn't enjoy it very much, which I was annoyed by, because I think it's a cool... Uh, concept. The only real thought that I have um, is uh, the the story itself is called the No Parabo, which uh, immediately caused my brain, you know, that remembers random names and stuff from other stories, to realize that no, uh, like a No Parabo is a faceless person, and uh, or, or based on my research, I did it's a, it's like a faceless ghost, or it's a common name for a ghost without a face, which is why in Golden Kamui. Uh, a character is named Nopara or given the nickname Noparabo once his face is messed up beyond recognition. So I think that that was a uh, th that was my main takeaway from this arc because I really I I was extremely not invested at all in in this one, which is uh, which is too bad because uh, like I I can hear what Pete's saying about it and and not along. Um, I don't know why it just so it was. Me. 
sorry to interrupt you there. It was my least favorite as I was watching, and it has moved up my leaderboard as I have thought about it more. Um, and I'm interested to see, like, if I were to rewatch this, where it would be. Um, Johnny, what were your thoughts on this one? Did you have any differing thoughts, like, or just same disconnect with the characters, or is there anything else on this? Well, again, it's like, <laughs> it's the same issue I had with, like, you know... I couldn't get too invested into the characters. Again, they just insert the tragic backstory in the middle of the episode. But, you know, to be fair, they do that all the time in this show. Which, again, is one of my issues with the show. And there really isn't too much I can say. Like, like a lot of the, like... I did like how, like, there was an actual, like, sort of, like, a villain kind of like I, I, just a guy in the mask and uh, i i kind of liked him the way he interacted with the girl and like just getting married and stuff like that trying to convince her but yeah that's uh mostly what i have to say okay um has did you have any thoughts on this one in particular yeah this this arc was probably the most fun arc uh to me uh it may not necessarily have been the scariest or like the story that I was most invested in, but in terms of like visuals and like the things just like randomly happening and, and just going batshit wild, like this was the most fun. It also had the most characters and I think it's the most intimate we ever see the medicine seller get uh, with anyone, uh, which is really interesting to see. Um, like you just start off in a prison, then there's wind blowing, there's suddenly a man in a fox mask. That is his official name according to my anime list, a man in a fox mask. Um, and then like they're outside and, and you get like this really cool sequence with all the like, I, I don't know, the ceiling papers that the medicine seller uses and like sort of they create this wall and, and they replay the story of this woman's life uh, in front of her. And she's like, it's, it's the most fun that I think it, that you'll see in this show. And it has a happy ending, which I guess it, it also helps contribute to that because it, if there was happier endings or like happier tones and less creepy shit in the other ones, maybe they would be just as fun. But I don't know. This one, it, it was a nice and it's a very well placed. It's a very well placed at three because uh, if it was like any earlier or any later, it might sway the way that I uh, it either like if it was placed at the fourth arc, I, I probably would have been like, damn, this is dragging on a little too uh, depressingly and uh, being a little too disturbing for too long. And if it was too early, it would have been like, well, this is a bit of a change of fucking pace beyond what I was used to. Um, sorry, I dropped the F-bomb. No, I'm working good. on that. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, fuck, shit. <laughs> no. um, but I think also what, what I particularly liked about this was... Um, you know, this, I think everything that in this story, even though the stories aren't particularly about um, any particular character, uh, like, like Johnny's complaint about like the, the tragic backstories being um, sort of put in and, and not caring about the characters. I agree. I, I don't particularly care about any of these characters too much in of themselves. I find them interesting to relay a story or a message. Um, and I think it was this point that I started to see more of, uh, like the the sort of the things that they kind of hinted about the medicine seller, um, 
and and who he was as a person and such because he was really into it and made me think back um to something that happened in like arc two which i'm not sure that which is going to be important in arc five um let me get to that but like the medicine seller isn't the only person who can do what he does but he does it to a certain level because there is another person who uh banishes ayakashi um in that in the second arc which is uh he but then when we get to episode five or arc five it's just like it's just some crazy shit man and i i love how intimate the medicine seller gets even though he's still you know himself and and he speaks very slowly deliberately kind of lets people figure shit out on their own and only really cares about mononoke being vanquished um so yeah it's good art yeah um cat do you have any thoughts on this one so this one to me was a little bit uh it, it wasn't terrible like I, um it was it was good uh i just it just didn't really do exceptionally well for me because of in all the other ones there was a little bit more of a a little bit more of a kind of chirping back and forth between the different characters this one was between the medicine seller again who uh as had said uh talks very very slowly tries to get people to figure things out on them on their own uh but this one he was having a little bit more of an active role and that is not to say that he doesn't have an active role in the other arcs but this one he had an active role where he was actively trying to figure out uh it was actively trying to help someone work through something and this one he was banished and because to to having no face and then uh and then the woman uh Ocho, I think her name is, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Ocho and the man in the fox mask. They are both seen as they basically are they're basically gonna get married. And then he comes back and says that I this is the same as my face, and then becomes comes back and actually has an active role in it and the thing is it's not that i don't dislike uh the medicine seller as a character i just dislike how how much of a pace difference there is with him taking a more uh, uh taking a more steering role rather than a uh rather than a I mean, taking a more active front row seat role rather than a steering role. Uh, so it, it was kind of, it was honestly my second least favorite out of the five. So that's just me. Okay, um, I think everyone had a chance to speak on that arc. And so we're going to move to the fourth one. Um, I think I'll start us off here. Um, so... I, the fourth one was really interesting to me because um, sort of once the, like the twist is revealed or, you know, the, the truth of the uh, arc is revealed. Um, I thought a lot of the stuff that I thought was really strange from earlier and it all of a sudden sort of made a lot more sense. And what I really liked about this arc was um, that it was, um, you know, able to, 
snap into place sort of like uh, different things from it. Um, and so, you know, I don't know. That's what I liked about this one in particular. And uh, Happy, do you have any thoughts on this fourth arc here? So the fourth arc was... Sorry. The fourth arc was the incense one, right? Correct. Okay. So I found it to be this this one to be one of the more disturbing ones, especially when the, um, I guess, the ghosts came out. They were ghosts, right? Like when the medicine seller was yeah. going through all the... Uh, all the different incenses, and he's like, oh, this one's burned hair. You should know where that came from and all this. And um, especially, like, the big, like, law monster, that was, like, ooh, that was... Like, I wasn't scared, but I, I was definitely, like, creeped out. Yeah, I, I agree that this one had some pretty disturbing scenes. Um, and um, I think that, it, you know, in contrast to the other ones, the medicine seller was a little less of a impartial... Um, you know, person a little less neutral in this one as he did take the time to exercise some spirits and stuff and give them sort of rest, uh, which, you know, you might not have done earlier. Um, has this fourth arc here, what did you think about that one? Um, so, oh man, I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion. I think this might be my favorite arc. And the reason it's my favorite arc is because I like how quickly things collapse in it. Um, a lot of, there's no, there's really no time this arc they they find the truth form and regret which we didn't really touch on i think uh of the mononoke without saying so whereas in every other arc if my memory serves me well they're like there, there's either an issue with finding one of those or like something like that this one was more just the the i like i just the there's something really interesting with each arc in that it's the same three prim uh, rules to vanquish a Mononoke. The, the truth of it, the regret, and the form of it. Um, but somehow in all five arcs, it feels like it's delivered in a different way. Uh, and I, I just, I really like the way this one was delivered through souls that were being harbored around from the Mononoke. And we saw, you know, souls being attracted, or like Ayakashi, etc. From uh, being attracted to Mononoke in like the second arc with the sea. Um but here we just saw like a more direct encounter and at the time you don't know their souls until like right after so what it looks like to me at least is like the medicine seller is just medicine seller is going on a fucking rampage uh like he kills three people pretty much um and the last one was really funny like he sends him like he he's like oh <laughs> um he makes him smell like a a poison or something like that and then the the soul is like, this is a poison. I have to find the antidote. And then he runs, trips, and breaks his neck. Um, and then the medicine seller is like, you thought I could afford uh, such a rare poison like that? No, no. But it did the job either way. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I just, I, I I thought it was great. The and it was also the scariest to me. I thought that like the ghost girl and this shit. I, I had trouble sleeping that night. I haven't, I didn't have a nightmare, but yeah, the music cut and she just kind of appeared. And then it was a really funny way to get rid of the Mononoke too. Cause you have, usually you get the whole form of him like going God mode and he pulls out the sword and he unsheaths it. 
but since the Mononoke was a piece of wood, uh, when he goes for the slash, it cuts immediately to the sheath sword hitting a block of wood and it just being cracked in half. And so it looks good. Real- <laughs> it looks- so good. <laughs> it's great. He's just like, Bing. I was like, that's great. Uh, so yeah, I love that arc. Uh, probably my favorite arc. Um, and yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, I don't, I don't have much to say about this arc other than I really liked that they were all already dead. Um, I, I liked that. That it was uh, him testing them or him uh, kind of revealing it to them, and so that their uh, their spirits could go to go at ease. Because it's uh, it's kind of like uh, threw me back to like Death Parade, which I I love that show. I adore Death Parade, and uh, and you know coming to terms with the I, the idea that you are dead is not something that I can imagine is easy. <laughs> it's not something anyone should ever have to go through, which is what makes it such a uh, a fun topic to go over in horror so i i i liked that aspect of this but again it, it, i still the i was not nearly as high on this one as as you guys seem to have been i i again maybe it's just because i fucking loved 10 through 12 or the the final arc so much but uh me too but yeah okay uh cat this one for you um what were your thoughts so this one was a little bit more uh uh, it 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 felt pretty interesting to me. It wasn't it. Honestly, I can't really say too much profound about this one. This one was kind of like, uh, it 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 just it just was. Uh, I I really liked how uh, how the 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 kind of like joking way how it ended but uh with the with the block of wood but i didn't really feel too uh feel too unnerved by the girl that wasn't really a that didn't really creep me out as much as some of the other arcs especially with uh the even with the first one being uh the miscarriage uh but yeah it was it was it it was what it was. That's that's all okay. I can say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and any extra thoughts, John, uh, on this one? Uh, well, I will say this is probably my second favorite arc in the series because, like, I just really like the one scene where once they figure out she's dead, they all come up with this plan. It's like, okay, let's try to pretend she's not dead so we still get what we came here for. Yeah. And then how like the mate and how like the maid or whatever had poor eyesight so she couldn't even tell that she was dead. I don't know, I thought that was pretty funny in the so, but, yeah. weekend at Bernie's it. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, like I, I fought the I thought it was pretty fun. I liked how, like, I liked the way all the characters died. It was pretty funny just seeing them, like, especially with the poison scene. Like, it didn't even matter if it was poison or not. He, it, all he needed to do was just say it was poison. So yeah, I thought I thought that was pretty funny. So yeah, that's what I got to say. Uh, evokes uh, the Princess Bride. Um, Pete, uh, this one was your favorite arc. Um, so you and Haz are the same on that. Yes. Um, but- uh, let's hear your thoughts on it because okay, you, so you had a bit. To how, say. how I was saying earlier between the last arc and this arc were like a debate between my favorite. I'm just kidding. This was by far my favorite arc. Uh, shout out to Samurais and Watch Clubs with uh, Rainbow Shogun and now this guy. 
What an amazing character. He made me crack up like four times in this uh, this arc, which is great because I love the tone shift that they continue doing throughout the show. The last three, the first three, I don't think I laughed. Maybe I laughed like once at something ridiculous that happened. I like generally was like cracking up, especially cracking up with the piece of wood when he gets hit by the sword. That was, so that's amazing. a top 10 anime moment. That was pure genius. I don't know. Because it was so dramatic, and because the scene before, you had all these ghosts coming through the wall, you had these dogs with faces on them, and you're like, oh my god, what is going to happen? What is going to happen? And I hit this piece of wood and it breaks. And that's it. That's it. That's the end of the climax. I was like, I literally, like, paused, and had, like, like, is that it? Is that it? And that was it. That was it. Oh my god. Pure genius. A 10 out of 10 arc. Just incredible. I understand if you maybe this isn't your favorite arc, but if this is if you think this is not a nine out of ten or better arc, if you think it's lower than that, you are smoking crack. That was a fantastic arc. Great. Um, I I agree. It, I thought the whole show was fantastic, though. Um, so uh, we're going to move into the fifth and final arc, uh, which has a bit of a setting change. Um, so this one takes place in what is presumably the 1920s, um, just based off of the technology and the fashion of the time. Um, and uh, so we are going to, um, I, I guess, discuss this and then, then we'll wrap up. Uh, I know this was Pat and I's favorite arc. Um, did Let's see. Uh, Happy, do you have any thoughts on this arc? Okay, we might have lost Happy there for a minute. Um, so, Has, uh, any thoughts on this one? Uh, not nearly as many thoughts as the arc, uh, the fourth arc, but I, I did like the setting change. I thought it added a lot. Uh, reminded me a little of, um, this is going to be weird, but it kind of reminded me of the uh, backstory of the main character in Angel Beats, if anyone remembers that. Oh, yeah, and... I watch Angel. Wow. Uh, wow, that's a so reference. By that. uh, that's a reference right there, actually, though. No, I see his point, though. I see his point. I do. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's a big that's a big jump, but I can see the I can see where the jump was taken. Yeah, from. I can see where but... it came from. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was it was a really good arc. I thought it was also very fun, like uh, arc, the third arc was, uh, but I don't think it was fun in the same way. I thought it was just fun because it was so different um a lot of the characters are really cool it's another one of the arcs that had it that was less intimate necessarily with uh, the medicine seller was more big cast uh and uh, you know it's it's just really it's um it's just a fun like train i don't know i'm a sucker for trains and like having enclosed spaces where like intense and events are going on something about that just adds to it so much but yeah, no. Uh, it was a good. It was a good art. It's the New Yorker in you that loves the trains so much. Yes, you know? sir. There it is. Uh, it's okay. I, as someone who went to college in Boston, like I could agree. The trains are the trains are awesome, man. Like they they get shit done. Look, uh, not in for New me, York, I get not, sick. In Take New the York, going to Fenway. Yeah. <laughs> in New York, that's not a horror story. That's a regular Saturday evening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just people dying on subway trains. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Pe- yeah people, people, people dying, and then people like two stops down, complaining that they had to die on this line because they need yeah. to get to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Um. 
I guess I I can jump in next if you guys don't mind. Uh, sure. I my favorite part about this arc, which is probably why it was my favorite, was that it wasn't a perfect representation of this. But ba- so basically, the murder happens, right? And then there's the the people who witnessed it, but they all witnessed it in different ways, and the ways they witnessed it was the five human senses of. Uh, or, or, or most of the human senses, at least, with like whether it's seeing, hearing, or um, feeling, you know, like the, those those three were the main ones. Which, of course, uh, or, or hearing, uh, I think I might have said hearing already. Um, you did. I did. Thank you. I, I thought I did, but I, I don't know why no, I thought I didn't. But, uh, but yeah, so, speaking one as well. I don't know if speak- that's a sense, but it's it, yeah. I but think, yeah, that's yeah. the idea. It's it's like. Each person was guilty in a different way, right, for not reporting the murder. And when they start, when they finally admitted to it, they start like the, the the little boy who saw something happen started scratching his eyes once he admitted to it, and then he vanished. The woman who was having an affair, uh, the widow who heard it, started scratching her ears before she left. Um, the, and then, of course, the the main guy, the the reporter, who ends up, you figure out, is the murderer. It's not just a suicide that happened, which was a cool twist. Like I think it was kind of you could kind of see it coming, but it was still very well well presented and well built up to. Uh, he's guilty all over, and his sense of touch he he can't it is is all messed up because of it. And again, I I love it when they when there's little like things hidden in like that. So that, that's why I really like this arc beyond also it just being the most interesting to me. Um, following all of the characters and seeing how they, how the story kind of uh, jigsaw puzzled its way together was very, very fun, especially again, because the, the medicine seller was so neutral. He was, uh, he kind of seemed like he knew, but he didn't fully know the story and he wanted them to own up to it and admit to it i think he kind of knew why this the the train was being like such so ghostly or why this situation was happening between like the six random people who don't think that they know each other but he doesn't know the exact story which is why it was fun listening to him hear the testimonies of all the other people and then tying them together uh but but yeah so uh who else wants to talk real quick Uh, i think we have happy next yeah Yep, I'm here. I'm back. So the thing that really struck me about this arc was the Mononoke itself and how trippy it was. It made me think of like the witches barriers from like Madoka Magica, and I and that was that was one part of the art style that like I really, really, really liked. So um, I, and I honestly wondered like, what if we put the medicine seller like in a witch's labyrinth? Like, would he be able to defeat a witch? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> That's a fun, a fun thing. Uh, boy. <laughs> well, that and that's the thing too. I think uh, you bring up that art style, and it is a very similar art style throughout the entire show to those Madoka Magic uh, Witch Labyrinths, which I didn't like. Which is it's funny though, because like I think that's probably part of the reason why I didn't like this arc either. I did, or, or not arc, uh, the art. Sorry, art arc. The art style at times rubbed me the wrong way, and I think it was because of the similarity to that. Or, or, or well, it was just the same idea where I was just like I, I wasn't sold on it. I didn't like the the narrative behind it. But uh, but uh, who else wants to talk about this next arc or the final arc? Um, cat. So this arc for me was actually really interesting because of the whole time shift. Uh, so in the in in the 
arcs beforehand, it's obvious. Well, it's not necessarily obvious if you haven't looked at uh, at Japanese history, but it's 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 set in the Edo period, which is a two hundred fifty year period of kind of stability, uh, but not much like not much technological advancement. Uh, there is some, but it's not to the extent of the Meiji period, which is where we're at now. And this is, which is from basically 1868 to, uh, to late 1920s to, uh, you know, end of World War II, atom bombs, that type of shit. Uh, so, um, the thing is, this part of the of the show was just really interesting to me because of the the absence of age on the medicine seller and how how much we've jumped into the future because now we're at least at 1920 and it's not just that it's also the the culture is also incorporated inside of the story because it's not just Japanese. It's also German. It's also British because of a lot of the different, like uh, a lot of the different, uh, the different technology put inside of it because of the, the locomotive that was being operated. And it, it just, it was so interesting to see all of these different things put inside of a put inside of a story that that is just seemed overtly like just mainly uh, Japanese instead of without any other culture inside of it except for possibly uh, African with the uh, with the abortion thing and the forced arc but that was one of the things that made me really interested in this whole arc, just that whole historical sense, and then adding the Mononoke into it, because it shows that even though you may not believe in this in this supernatural part of the world, it's still going to affect you if you mess with it. And that I really loved. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll use that to transition to my thoughts really quickly on this arc, uh, because I agree. I really liked how uh, setting this, like, I don't know, several hundred years in the future or whatever it was, um, gives the medicine seller and the Mononoke and stuff just sort of this timeless um, feeling. Like, he's less of a person and more of just an entity that exists in the world. Um, he even sort of makes a snarky comment um, during it about... <laughs> How unless he dresses like he's from whatever the original time period is, he doesn't sell his medicine as well. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought that was pretty great. Um, as far as the general art goes, you know, this, the thing with like the scratching, I loved um, a thing that I'm not sure if people noticed. But if you look at the background of a lot of scenes, um, like shading and stuff changes on like the walls of the subway and stuff to look like a woman is falling. Um, just in the background, like pretty much all of the time. And I thought that was fantastic. Um, I liked figuring out who was responsible for her murder. Like, I think we, you know, it became pretty obvious that she was murdered pretty quickly. Um, but I, I, I kind of thought it might have been the mayor or something at first. Um, or, you know, it, it ended up being a mayor's goon, but like maybe someone we didn't know or something like that. 
Um, but how they uh, resolved all of that was really interesting. Um, I also like how, so we were talking about how the medicine seller was impartial, but he kind of, he kind of waited to exercise the Mononoke uh, to allow it to get its revenge at the end there. Um, and so I don't know how exactly impartial he was. He seemed to sympathize with the Mononoke in this case, um, as well as some of the not murderous people on the subway, at least in my opinion. Um, but, you know, at the end, he talks about how, like, it's like, I forget the exact wording, but it's like you can, like, assuage uh, Mononoke, or you can exercise it, but you can't, like, kill it. Um, and I, I thought that was really cool. Um, and I liked uh, how, at the end, all of the people sort of came together to mourn uh, the loss of the journalist lady, and they all sort of... I don't, you know, like learn their lessons a little bit to, you know, be braver and everything. Um, you know, I like to think that that woman uh, married that man she was in love with and didn't let her ex-mother-in-law um, put her foot down anymore. I don't know. This is my favorite arc. I thought that you got to know the characters very well um, through all of the different stories and the different angles and stuff. Um, so I guess with that thought, we'll go uh, wrap, we'll wrap things up uh, here. Um Pat, do you want to wrap us up? Well, I, I, I was going to say, uh, well, we might as well get move on to our closing thoughts. That was my thought. And uh, because it's hard to do best boy and best girl with this show because it, it, it just doesn't apply. It's not that kind of show, really. I wish we could. But we yeah, could. like, yeah, it's not like we thought, God, what, what show did we do that with where we stretched it really hard? Um, well, I guess we did that with Nanbaka a little bit where we did just best boy, but like, even then, like there's not really much you can do for it. So um, I guess you can throw out your favorite character or maybe no, do, do, not even though. Let's just do your favorite arc. That, that wasn't a dig by the way, cat, before you get mad at me, that wasn't a dig at Nanbaka. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so let's uh, just because this is the list that I have in front of me, Miles, why don't you start us off with uh, yeah. your final, your final score, uh slash review conclusion whatever and then your favorite arc and your final score sure thing so um i think the show is fantastic i think it's really good if you like mysteries um i think that uh while you don't have a lot of time to get to know the characters and they sort of throw you in the middle of their trauma the characterization and stuff is actually pretty good in my opinion um i love the art style um i love the atmosphere of the show um my favorite arc is the last arc. I thought it was masterfully put together. I think the show is masterfully put together. Uh, I'm giving this a 10 out of 10. A 10 from Miles. All right, there we go. That's a, a good start for the show. Kat, what have you got for us? So my final thoughts are that this show was honestly a an amazing, like, and I don't mean this in a bad way. Uh, this show was an amazing cacophony of things. Uh, so the cacophony, the cop, the the cacophony comes from the different things going on all the time in this show because of the different ways of telling a story, the different, like the different undertones from each story, the different, messages from each story and each character and how this show kind of held itself uh depending on the arc because of uh because of the first arc being 
kind of thriller horror uh disturbing second arc being more story-based third arc being a little bit more uh being a little bit more lesson-based and coming to terms with fourth arc being a little bit more uh um you can fill in the blank with that one uh fifth arc being a little bit more uh like almost historical and moral based uh well not necessarily moral based but like uh lesson based kind of uh but this show is just it's a trip but it's a trip that you can take if you can you know stomach it uh like actually stomach it and a trip that you should definitely take if you really like monogatari or uh or bunny girl senpai like that that is this whole show is amazing and there are some things that i would that i personally would change uh but and because of that i have to get it at nine out of ten but my favorite arc is a is honestly a toss-up between the first and the last arc because the first arc just sets the tone for the whole show and even though some of the other arcs were a little bit less uh were a little bit less horror themed it still has that same feel and the again the abortion well not the abortion scene the uh the miscarriage scene is unsettling as hell and then the last part, just the whole, just the whole last arc is amazing by itself. Uh, and honestly, all I all I can say is that just those two arcs are are my favorite out of the uh, out of out of the five. Mm-hmm. So it's a tie for me. All right, there you go. Uh, so tie between the first and the last arcs. All right, Happy, what have you got for us with your final score and your favorite arc? Okay, so I uh, I think I'm kind of with Cat on this one where I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I'm not entirely sure what I would change about it, but there were th- some parts of it that I thought were weaker than others. Um, I thought not all of the stories were great, but it more than makes up for in the art, the music, um, just the way it's all, it becomes psychedelic at points. It's, it's all like, masterfully crafted um so i'd probably give it like a seven out of ten my favorite arc i think would be the faithless monster one that's the one with the girl in the prison fair enough all right uh moving on to has what have you got for us so i know that throughout this entire watch club i haven't really talked a lot because i feel like a lot of the points that i had to say were stated by other people um and now I'm seeing very calm right now, but this is the best watch club show that we have ever had. Uh, this shit right here is crack cocaine. This is a top 10 anime I have ever watched. This is amazing. This show is a 10 out of 10, undoubtedly. And I don't, the only issues I see with this show, the only, the one review that I found in the top reviews on Mal that has it lower than a nine uh, is someone being a vagine because yeah, they can't stand bright colors um, <laughs> and it's wrong because they said it's slow. It's not slow and they can't handle bright colors. It's not my fault if your genetics don't line up and your eyes are fucked by bright colors, okay? That's not a reason to say that this show is bad. This show was made a certain way 
And if your physical limitations are, are, are not a fault of the, the creator at all, this show is great. It's 10 out of 10. It's a must watch, especially if you like horror, because horror isn't done well in anime a lot. Um, arc four is my favorite arc. It's funny. Uh, if you go into it, uh, I think the only other thing that I would say is also if you go into it, uh, even though I agree with Miles that I believe the characterization is very well done, uh, I can understand what Johnny is saying about characters sort of having these tragic backstories uh, placed in, but uh, I think it's more of how are you watching? I don't find this show particularly interesting because of the characters themselves so much as the interactions that they have and the stories that they're used to tell. Um, I could give a fuck less about the characters. It could be anyone. It could be Johnny from down the block. Not that I just realized there's a Johnny here. That's not, I wasn't talking about this Johnny. I was the point is the show is great. It's 10 out of 10. Arc four is amazing. Um, shout out to incense and how smells can light up the world in color. God bless and go watch Mononoke now. Yeah. Uh, I will say I read that same mal review because I, I made a habit of reading the mal reviews and they are. Jesus that one was that one they're always Horrible. there's always one in the always top one. there's always you know there could be a show that has a 10 a 10 a 10 and then there's a five and you're just like okay what does this say and it's just and they always try to make themselves sound so intelligent too with the way they talk <laughs> they use big words they they, they, <laughs> use, they use diction very well but then it's just like man you are just finding fancy ways of like you said saying I can't stand too much of the color orange. It's so funny. It's yeah, terrible. I, sec, second worst my review. Like it, it's this one, and then High School DxD is in a harem show. Like they're right next to each other. Yeah, there's a lot of ones that are just so bad. I think that'd be such a fun episode to do. Just sit there and read them and try and not crack or laugh while reading them. But yeah, sorry to cut uh, cut in there. But uh, Johnny, what have you got for your final scores? All right. So first off, I just want to say my favorite arc is uh, is the second one with involving the boat. I just really like the interactions between the characters in that, and also I like the ending to it. And another point I want to say about like the horror elements and why this show didn't work for me because I just wanna I wanna relate it to like one of my favorite shows, ReZero. And I see like the thing with that show is that like. Fucked up shit happens too, but you know how like for like a lot of shows they introduce characters and then like they have stories to them and then you think oh nothing's gonna happen to them now because they're so fleshed out. It's like with like shonen, so it's like you don't think the like you don't ever think the main character is going to die. And then like so then like ReZero, you know like the whole like back to life sort of thing. So they just go all out and just do these horrible things to the characters like. That scene with Rem playing Twister, like, oh, that that was probably one of the most fucked up things I've ever seen, and that actually got to me. And I think that's the issue with this show, is because I didn't get to the point where I cared enough about the characters. So yeah, that's just what I want to say. Overall, for rating, I it's between a six and a seven for me, but uh. You know, I, I think I have to give it a six because some well, I did like some of the scenes. They just weren't enough to make me give it any more yeah, because some parts you, of the show were incredibly boring. If, to if me, you I'm didn't sorry. enjoy the show, then it's okay to not. Yeah, you, you don't have to score. have good taste, Johnny. Don't yeah, worry. Okay. It. Okay. Like, it always ties back to V Zero with you. Okay. So it's, just, it's a funny note. I wasn't to gonna have. say it, but Miles, yeah. you might be yeah. spitting with that one. 
<laughs> okay, I'm, I'm not gonna argue with someone who likes SAL, so you know what? Hey, okay. But I here's the thing, though. Agree with you score wise, so don't don't hate him too much. <laughs> I like S I I like SAL, but I promise you, have down. the same rating. Yeah. Right, let's just get this over with because I'm not yeah. arguing with you about this anymore. <laughs> All right, Pete, what have you got for us? All right, I just want to say shout. I think. Uh, well, my favorite arc was uh, arc four, but I think all of us had a favorite arc that was different from each other. I think all five arcs was a favorite, so that's really cool to see. Uh, also, I give a shout out to the people who like the the critical stuff, like the voice acting. Uh, the voice actor for the medicine salesman Takahiro Sakurai. He is my favorite character in anime history. Reagan Atarka, uh, Atumatsu from Atumatsu Song. He's also Oshino from Monogatari. and the dude's even a Digimon. He's Tentomon from Digimon. So props to that voice actor for putting in work and really stretching out the range. Uh, I thought the show was like a, a visual masterpiece. I compare it to this year. We had like, keep your hands off. Izuka. It's like to, to Tommy galaxy, really unique and beautifully crafted anime. I love the design. I loved like four out of the five arcs. If we are doing decimals, I think this would be like a nine point, like eight. I loved it, but I can't quite give it that masterpiece score that you give it on Mal. I think this is a must-watch for anybody who likes critical anime. You need to put the cell phone down when you watch this show. It's mwah, chef's kiss. I'm giving it a 9 out of 10. All right, 9 out of 10. That's a, I, I think that's a, a very good point that you made at the end there with the, the phone needing to be down because there were times where I had to rewind because I was like, God damn it, I'm, I think I missed something important. Uh we talked about this earlier in the week, but I watched this piss drunk one night and uh, I I was so lost. I, I had to keep rewinding. It was not smart. It was the third arc that I was watching when I was pissed drunk and it did not go well. Uh, I was very lost. But yeah, like uh, most of my points are the same as I think the while the animation didn't uh, sit as well with me as it did with others, it still was really well done and there was a clear direction and an intent behind it that uh it's it's incredible it it was really really well crafted and and thought out and i i liked the horror elements the psychological elements the the way the characters interacted was great my favorite arc for sure was the fifth one the final arc because honestly even with me saying all these great things about the direction of the show my enjoyment of the show was not nearly enough for me to be giving this uh, a very high score up until that final arc because that final arc completely sold me on like the way that the the stories were being told and the uh the use of symbolism throughout the show as well so for me the show was a solid eight out of ten i was not uh, again there were there were moments or arcs that didn't interest me as much as the first and the last ones which is why it was harder for me to go any higher and again random animation moments that i didn't like uh the op was very nice by the way too we didn't talk about the music but the op was played every episode and it was just this like perfect for the show it was just like this little like dude fiddling away and the soundtrack and, itself was fantastic yeah just it was overall. just you know it's just a good vibe for the show i i don't i know you use it like vibing you know that's kind of like an ironic term now but like hey it just it, it fit the vibe of the show perfectly and it did exactly what it was supposed to do so um so yeah so i have totaled these scores and now let me divide by seven because there are seven members of us here and I believe I did my math correctly. I'm kind of surprised by how low it is, but uh, we come out. What? Well, we had a six in there. 
Yeah, I guess we did have a and six we had and a two seven tens. there, but and, but we had two tens, which is why I was surprised. Yeah, two tens. But, two but, it comes, but it's, so does my math come out correctly to a seven point one four? That's that's wrong. That's that wrong. Has to be wrong. So you I'm missed a number. I missed a number. That's why I thought. But again, I was punching him in uh, as I went along. But two tens, two nines, a six and a seven. So twenty. I'm sorry to be stalling on us now. 20 plus 9. 42, 49. I would have to hurt some people in here if it was a 8.4, I think, is what I got. 8.4? All right, good. So I must have Why? missed it. That's what I knew I was wrong with it. And So an 8.4 is what we end up with, which is good for us for pretty much hitting the mouse score on the dot because I believe... I think it's like 8.42. Oh, like it, that is actually ours if we go to two decimal places, 8.42. Wow, go us. Let's go. We got exactly the Mal yeah, score. Yeah, exactly, 8.42, which is the exact score of Mal. We've never done that because it's tough for seven people to do the same as, let's see, 55,000 people, which is what how, the number of people that have reviewed or at least have added Mononoke to their watch list. So, um, of course, we don't like to only use Mal. We, there are other things, but, nope, but it's a Mal good representation gang. of... Mal gang. It, no, well, I prefer yeah, Mal. Like, but I'm saying it's a good representation of the community, I guess, is my point, and the, the way the community looks at the show, I think, in most cases, especially with classics like this one. Um, but yeah, so our, that totals our score to an 8.42, which is, uh, again, a pretty good score. I think uh, I think it fits the show pretty well, from my perspective, at least. I know some of us didn't like it as much, but I think critically looking at it, it's an 8.42. I think Let's that's play top score. three for Anime Club. Um, that is behind the Maiden Abyss movie. That doesn't and, count. A, uh, ping Pong. Yep. And yeah, that's it. Uh, it's the second highest show. So number two. Number two, uh, pretty closely followed by Madoka and Made in Abyss itself uh, and Bacchano, but yeah, solidly, solidly number two. So yeah, so that that wraps up our discussion. I'd, I'd say on Mononoke, uh, which again, uh, if you want, to, if you have any points you want to make, please come tell us those in, our, in the Discord. But in the meantime, I'm going to pass over to Miles, who has our results for our voting for this past week. Yes. Speaking um, of voting, go vote. Yeah, go vote, vote. And you know what? Vote for whoever your heart tells you to vote for. We'll um, make sure to vote from Canada. But yeah. If, if you have <laughs> if you have a heart, you know you're, who you're voting for. <laughs> and you're voting for whatever show that I nominate this week. Um, okay. So uh, in uh, third place this week, we had Anohana um, with uh, some points. Um, and then in second place, we had a tie of Oh Maidens and our Savage Season, are in their Savage Season, and Elfin Lead, um, which had a very last-minute comeback with the last-minute votes. Elfin Lead wasn't doing too hot until today. Um, but it, it, made, it, it point. pulled another it in. Point. It got another legacy point. So one day we'll, we will have to watch the show. Um, uh, and in first place, um, doing, uh, I think this might be the first time this has happened, appearing on every ballot it was legally allowed to be on, uh, we will be watching Perfect Blit. Yay! It's about Yay. damn time. Yeah, about so, damn time. Let's go. It's night. We got a movie this week. Um, so nice, easy week for everyone. Um, and now let's do nominations for two weeks in the future. Um, let's start with, uh, you know what? We're going to put him on the spot. He's the newest member of the Watch Club, basically. Johnny, what's your nomination? All right. So uh, I'm a... I'll be honest, I don't have too much in mind, so I'm just going to nominate the same show I did last time, Anohana. So. That's that's okay. absolutely fine. You're happy. You can nominate the same show. Point now. 
Mm-hmm. You know? uh, so there you go. So Anahana is our first nomination for next week. Uh, uh, Kat. Kat, what have you got for us? Okay. No, I just needed a second, so I wasn't like pressing zero all You're over good. my fucking thing. Uh, anyway, so my mine, I'm not sure how many of us have watched it, but I know that I've heard a lot good about it, and it's very highly rated. Well, kind of highly rated. Uh, this the show that I'm talking about is 91 Days. It's apparently a lot like Bacchano, and I really want to see what it's about. I've never heard of it. I'm excited to it's on take Netflix, a look. I think. Ooh. No, I heard it's no, good. It on Crunchyroll and Funimation. I, I love me some Netflix anime. Um, has. Um. Yeah. So. I, I think this anime has changed my opinion on anime. I would like to uh to say that anime is garbage um and it'll never get better than mononoke true uh, undoubtedly true but uh, mononoke is gas so i think from now on i'm going to consult the amazing people over at mal while their opinions sometimes extremely flawed uh mainly rosario vampire season two they do they do at times hit so what i'm going to uh, recommend is <clears throat> yes 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 Okay, just making sure. 13 episodes is cool, right? It's just one. Yep, yeah. that's fine. That's insane. All right. Violet Evergarden, because Violet Evergarden oh, is good, and it's highly rated, and it's not dog shit. Try. I think I'm turning into Miles. I think I think that's what's happening. Um, if it's not high class, I don't want it on my palate. Uh, and <laughs> honestly, if you're not in the top 100, you're not in my anime list. Thank you. I am known for my love of high-class anime like Food Wars. Um, yeah, and... <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I'm better than mine. Violet Evergarden, there we go. Anime of the decade, baby. Let's go. Oh, I, I know where my vote's going now. So. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, fuck my show. Uh, <laughs> well, anyways. anyways. Whoa, now. <laughs> yeah, so I was going to do something silly because I thought it'd be really fun to watch the list of seven dudes talk about an idol show, but like a different type of idol show. I was thinking of doing Simfo Gear, which is a mecha idol show awesome but i switched it up because i think we have a good record i I really really liked our ping pong episode so i was leading sports and this show has a season two coming out so i never really finished season one so i'm going to recommend megalobox okay second season of megalobox yeah we're getting a second season yep when did that get announced smile wider at the fact that no game no life still doesn't the pain of the fans gives me sustenance (laughs) That's well. I'm not surprised. Megalobox was popular. I'm just surprised. I didn't realize it had like room for a second season. I didn't know that. I thought it was like a one one arc. And I never story. finished it, so I didn't know if it could or not. <laughs> apparently, it could. You can always box more. Um, happy. <laughs> what is your nomination for this week? So who's ready to go wider? Always. Oh boy. Yep, I am up I'm nominating Hidamari Sketch. Okay. Uh, Ooh, only okay. season one, obviously. Yep. Okay, I've never heard of that. Or, or I feel like I've I might have heard of it if I saw the art style, but I, I, I don't know what this is. So I'm very curious. similar it, art it, style to Madoka. I was gonna say it's the same artist. Same artist as Madoka Magic. There it is. There you go. Okay. <laughs> um uh, Pat. Uh, yeah, so Elfin Lead has done really well every time I've nominated it. It's going to have 1.5 legacy points now. 
But uh, considering the other things on this list that I want to vote for over it, first off, but also second of all, I need I need a reason to watch this. And it just came out. Uh, interesting as fuck to me. I am recommending Blood of Zeus. Is that what the uh, the Netflix? Oh, the Netflix uh, one. It's the so Netflix good. one that was ah, just released. Wow. I want, I, Blood of Zeus. I am fascinated. I, I don't know if that's technically an anime, but I'll allow it. It's not an anime. It's, <laughs> it's like an it's anime? like Castlevania, where it's you know it's made in California, but oh, oh Wait, well, is it like is it like mm. subbed or is it like released? Oh no, Pat's one of those purists. Look at him having internal torment. Well, we, we, well I mean by rule though. Okay, so point. so it's since like, this is I, my by breaking the rules. Since this I, is I'm, my podcast, if Castlevania was ever nominated, I was going to allow it, and since Blood of Zeus is looks the exact same thing like Castlevania, I'll allow it. Well, is it on Mal? That's the question. It's or not on Mal. No, no, it's not. Oh, well, then it's no. Not no I'm, not, I'm not allowing it. I'm not nominating it. There, there, so there you, go. you can if you like. I will let this slide. No, no, no. It's but, the same thing look, with Ruby. It's not to, the same. It doesn't count. No, but... But Mal is kind of weird because it, the Ruby manga is recognized by Mal, but the anime itself right, isn't. The manga, it's, uh, the manga that's written by a okay, Japanese. I mean, hold on. Sure, time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. Going forward, if you want to nominate Castlevania, Ruby, Blood of Zeus, that's A-OK with me. It's Yeah, okay, but I am going to go back to Elfin Lead then because I feel bad. Um, I thought it was produced in Japan. That's why I immediately recommended it. But uh, you know what? We're, if we're, we are an anime podcast, so we are going to stick to anime in my eyes. Or I will stick to nominating anime, and I will watch Blood of Zeus on my own time anyways then. Um, but yeah, so uh, Elfin Lead uh, is going to be my nomination. Maybe it'll actually uh, win this week. I just think that's silly because we could nominate King's Avatar, and that's Chinese. But why is Chinese allowed and not? Uh, I don't know. Mal Mal hates America. Let's just be yeah. Ready. Well, that's part of basically just Japan part two. Let's be honest. Were, weren't we just uh, weren't we yes. just raving about how great Jesus we love Mal? Christ. We love Mal. We love Mal. Yes, Mal's great. Sponsor us. Thank oh, no, you. That, no. Sponsor us. Yeah, we'll buy your merch. We're all supporters I for think. sure. No. Yeah, we are also. Yeah, yeah, I just realized yeah, Cat, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cat Fro is in a really cool stance. On yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> that's like me, me from my first yeah, video, my webcam. Yeah. yeah. Well, before he DCs from Discord, let me let me wrap things up real quick, and then we just want to say. Let, oh. let me nominate my show. Oh shoot! That's yeah, right. Miles, Miles is a part of this. Wait, oh. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So as I I have notched my fifth victory this week. Um, uh, I'll have to. I'm, I'm giving a meme suggestion this time. Uh, if you guys would like to go back and watch our anime Duel of the Decade series, you will find this series brought up constantly. Um, oh, we lost Cat. We lost Cat. Yeah, there he is. Yeah, he's gone now. now. <laughs> if you made this far into the video, it's whatever. Yeah, so, um, yeah, thanks for watching this long. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, you've watched our anime Duel of the Decade, and you know that. Uh, what is the most popular series of all time? It's Natsumi's Book of Friends. So I'm going to nominate Natsumi's Book hey. of Friends Season 1. <laughs> I'm five episodes into it, so I might nominate that. Just, I'll be halfway done. You guys should watch it. It's a really good show. Oh, I, it looks good. And uh, every season it now is like an 8-5. So yes. whatever. 8-5? Cool. That's really good. As long as it's high uh, rated. Yeah. You know. it's top, yeah, so I'm pretty that- sure it's top 100. Probably is. Or us season is better be. Um, but yeah, so our next meeting will be November 16th at 8.30 p.m. EST, or EDT, whatever time is correct now. Um, and we will be watching per- the movie Perfect Blue. And 
I am so excited to talk about that because that is a classic movie. It's very, very highly regarded. It's like that and Akira are like the 1900s movies that people tend to talk about the most, I feel like. So I am I am stoked to watch this. Um, and uh, yeah, so Pete, yeah. if you want to wrap us up. And if you're confused by what Pat just said, we do live stream our podcasts. That's what he's talking about, the timing. So if you want to watch us live, you can watch us on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash don't sweat with three T's at the end. But guess what? Next week we have Anime Jeopardy, probably our most famous segment, our most popular segment. It'll be super fun. So check us out in a week for that. We have a Twitter. You can follow us at Twitter at what do you say, Annie? That's what do you say, A-N-I on Twitter. Stay up to date information on the podcast. We also have a Discord. You want to talk anime, manga, sports, politics, drugs, alcohol, you know, the fun stuff. Join it. Links in the description below. We have a great time. We have great conversations. Other than that, Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll see you in two weeks for Watch Club of... uh, I forgot what we're watching. (laughs) Perfect Blue. Perfect Blue. We'll see you in two weeks for Perfect Blue. Thanks, Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye, everyone.